don't see this and ignore it. And we wanted you to see it before you left and went back to America. And he was so moved by that. Really, in his mind, he began the whole idea. I know people in America that have money, and I know these children in South Korea that have nothing. This is where it started. I can introduce them to each other, kind of in a little one-on-one relationship, and in a crazy kind of way, they can help each other. They can meet each other's needs. Welcome to the Lead Like Jesus podcast. This is Karen Conley, and I am so excited for the opportunity to bring you part two of our podcast with Scott Limerick. Scott was kind enough to come back and do a part two with us. Scott, welcome back to the Lead Like Jesus podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Good to be back again. If you did not have a chance to listen to part one of this podcast, I really want to encourage you to go back to iTunes, listen to part one. While you're there, if you would do us a favor, go ahead and rate our podcast. That helps us to get the word out, let people know what the Lord is doing and the opportunities to listen to great leadership principles here on the podcast. But go and listen to Scott Limerick, part one. Scott is the Church Relations Regional Manager for Compassion International. Scott, we had so many things left that we were not (laughs) able to get into that first podcast. So there's so many new topics that I want to explore with you. Maybe for that business leader that is listening right now, they're on the treadmill and they can't go back and get podcast one. Give us a glimpse, a little bit of a recap of what your role is at Compassion and then just kind of the heartbeat of what Compassion International does. Well, Compassion International is a child rescue and development nonprofit ministry, whatever you want to call that, right? And I use the word rescue and development. It's really, we just release children from poverty and we do that in the name of Jesus. But what we believe is that the the principles that we use and that we teach the children that we help, that they're transcendent outside of church. They can change a business. They can change a country. That's why many former Compassion children are now involved in the legal in their country. We've got councilmen. We've got a couple of guys, especially in the Dominican Republic and Haiti, that are the leaders of major political parties. They were graduates of our leadership development program. And by the way, our leadership development program that Compassion has, which is something that very few people even realize. I had never realized that. That's the reason my job was created. It really is, is to go and partner with churches. We have a whole different division at Compassion that partners with businesses. It's our strategic partners. I have found usually there's two choices when you see a situation that needs attention, it needs help. You can either make a difference or you can make an excuse. I used to be an old crusted guy that thought the whole world was awful. You know, it's a mess. Let's not kid ourselves. But down deep, I found that most people really do want to help. So instead of it being an apathy thing where they don't care, I have found they just don't know how. If they just had a way to help, they would help. And that's what Compassion International is. So my job is to actually just partner with churches, to serve churches in the southeast. But our strategic partners team works with businesses to let them do something bigger than even their business is doing. So that's what we do. Since our audience is men and women in leadership all across this country and actually internationally, 
Speak for a moment, if you don't mind, put on the the strategic partner hat. What does that look like if there is a businessman or woman listening that has the opportunity to have influence on a a company and the way that that company is involved in local or global Mm. opportunities? Could you give them just a taste of what that might look like? What are the opportunities, how a business, maybe a small business or a medium or large business, might come alongside compassion and be involved. I used to be in the marketplace before I became a pastor. From there, compassion found me. God found me through compassion, really. But what I learned when I was in the business world, and I had a little bit of success in the world's eyes, and we all want some of that, it seems like. What I found is that the best leaders are servant leaders. It doesn't matter what the business is. The ones that serve their people are the best leaders. I used to tell people all the time, your position does not make you a leader. If you don't have people following you, you're not a leader. You may have a title. Your paycheck may even look like you have leadership. But if people aren't following you, then you're not a leader. And if you want people to follow you, then you have to serve them. If we could just get people to hear that, that's not a soft thing. That's not a necessarily Christian thing, although down deep, I believe it is. it starts spiritually. But that's what we help with. The children that we're helping most of the time come from single moms because dads leave. If you heard the first podcast, you understand that one of the big things that we address at Compassion is we help little boys turn into community-changing men. There's a saying that I used to hear all the time that mothers raise boys and fathers raise men. Well, if there's no fathers in the home, why are these boys still acting like boys when they're 40? Well, it's because there's no father there. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big heartbeat of mine is to help men turn into responsible fathers, responsible leaders that are helping at work, that are staying true to their wife, that are loyal to the people that are loyal to them, that kind of thing. All of that comes from servant leadership. And we are teaching that to our kids. They're making a difference in all 25 countries where we serve. And we're on four different continents. There's no telling how many languages are involved there, but each one of them are learning leadership principles that will help them later on. Wow. I'm so glad that we are having this part of the conversation because you are just being introduced to the Lead Like Jesus ministry. But what you just described is exactly the heartbeat of this organization. And it is based on looking at Jesus as the the role model of a leadership Mm. of all time. And whether someone is a person of faith or not, we talk about how the heart, the head, the hands and the habits of a leader and how do you develop those. So. I think every leader that is listening to this podcast has that commonality. When you say servant leader, a lot of ears just perked up. And to know, I had no idea. We have two children that we have sponsored for, I think, 11 years now. That was not even a facet that I was aware of. So that's fantastic for our listeners to know that particularly as leaders, obviously have an affinity for leadership, that there are ways that compassion is not just addressing the physical needs, but really developing the whole person and raising spiritual leaders. Let me ask you this, Scott, because we referenced this briefly in our first podcast. You talked about the four different areas of poverty Mm -hmm. that compassion addresses, the spiritual poverty, emotional poverty, the economic poverty, and the physical poverty. 
as we were wrapping up the last podcast off the air, we were talking a little bit about this concept of redemption and lift Mm -hmm. of how when you go into a community, it's not just meeting those um, basic needs, but it's helping that entire community rise above the conflict and the problems that they have. Speak a little bit to how compassion does that in those four areas. That's what we do. It really is. And if you go look at our work, and many people are starting to do that. That's one of my roles that I'm in now is I take church leaders, let them see our work. There's some other guys that work with us that do the strategic partners that take business leaders to go see our work. Because business leaders a lot of times are looking for tax deductions, and that's okay. But then I found that many of them are wanting to do something more. So if God's given you success, then help someone else be successful. When you have a leader that's a servant, that he lifts the people around him, and then they lift him up, which is crazy. That's the thing. If you serve your people as a leader, they will lift you up. Not that you want to be lifted up, but they will lift you up. And you want to lift them up as well. I'm from the inner city in Tennessee, in Kingsport, from the hood, so to speak. But just because I'm from there doesn't mean I want to go live there again. But it also doesn't mean that I need to just forget it. That's the difference in redemption and lift. Don't forget where you came from. But just because I'm remembering it doesn't mean I want to go back to living that way again. I want to go help other people get out of that. And that's what compassion is doing. Scott, you know, there are many organizations that have an adoption sponsorship Mm -hmm. component to it, but Compassion really has stood the test of time. It has been seen as a forerunner in this. And I think you referenced that maybe the organization is about 65 years old now. Talk to us a little bit from a leadership perspective, maybe a little bit about the early days, and then how, as an organization, has it had to change and make leadership Mm. decisions because of the changes in our culture, because of the changes in economics, world events? Give us a little bit of a perspective from a leadership side of things, of how Compassion has been able to keep itself as a forerunner. Well, I'm a big history fan. So if you're not a history fan, forgive me in advance, because I'll give you way too many details, and I'll try not to do that. But the Korean conflict ended in the early 50s. And at the end of the Korean conflict, Everett Swanson is who began it. He was serving kind of in the the military chaplain-type role from Chicago, but he was in the Korean conflict. And at the end of the conflict, the people from South Korea took him and said, we want you to see something before you leave. They took him and they walked along the streets of Seoul and they noticed large trucks with soldiers behind them and the streets were just littered with bodies. You know, it had been a war, but most of them were children. And so they would poke these little kids and if the kids didn't move, they picked them up and threw them on the back of the truck because they were dead. If they moved, they left them there. So he asked, who are these kids? And I said, well, these are the orphans from the war. And we want to know what you can do to help us with this. Don't see this and ignore it. And we wanted you to see it before you left and went back to America. And he was so moved by that. Really, in his mind, he began the whole idea. I know people in America that have money, and I know these children in South Korea that have nothing. This is where it started. I can introduce them to each other kind of in a little one-on-one relationship, and in a crazy kind of way, they can help each other. Mm -hmm. They can meet each other's needs. Because we that have get so tied up 
with wanting more. Mm. And those that have nothing don't really want more. This is one thing I learned at Compassion. The opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is enough. Mm -hmm. And that's all they want. That's all they want. And we can kind of meet each other's needs. And when we do what the Bible's told us, when we do what it, look, you don't even have to believe the Bible. But when there's something in you that feels good when you're helping someone in need. So that's what we were seeing here. He saw that. He started the one-on-one kind of rescue discipleship program with one person in America and one person in Korea. And if you fast forward that, what I love about that, if a um, a relief organization, if whatever you're doing works, it works itself out of a job. So what I love is that South Korea, and no longer are children being rescued in South Korea, South Korea is now a country sponsoring other children. That's how effective that is. Talking about working yourself out of a job, you made reference last time about when a a family or an individual sponsors a child, that you sponsor them through the end of their education, Mm -hmm. that it's not a forever thing. But what does that transition look like? What is the end result when that child is finishing their school in their country, if they're 16, 17, 18, whatever that Mm -hmm. age range might be, what does success look like? What happens to that child the week after the sponsorship ends? Yeah, that's good. Um, One thing to keep in mind, in most countries, they go to high school to grade 14, not 12. Okay. And honestly, as a dad of a 28-year-old and a 22-year-old, and as a former pastor that has counseled so many families through issues. I wish we did that in America. There's something in those first two years after high school and grade 12 where we lose so many kids. It's like, I don't even know who they were. Mm -hmm. They went and made four bad decisions, and now can someone help me? My kids. Well, we have a senior in high school and a freshman in college, so we're right in those pivotal years, and you're right. You know the number of decisions they have to make and the the number of temptations are both at their peak mm, in that season of life. Yeah. So I, I Well I hear sociologists you. say that in today's world that kids are maturing physically earlier. We can see that. A seventh grade girl doesn't look like a seventh grade girl did when I was growing up. But their emotional maturity is still late. And so when your body is physically mature, but your mind and your emotions are not, that's why we make all these crazy decisions. And there's too much junk available for them now. But anyway, in most countries, they go to grade 14, number one. Number two, again, in most countries, you pay to go to school. Children are dying to get to go to school, whereas in America, they're like, please don't make me go today. Please. Every now and then, you'll find a weird kid that loves school, right? I'm just kidding. I was one uh, of those weird, weird <laughs> So was ones. my wife. So was my wife. Her name's Kim. It must be a K thing. Um, but I love to go to school to play ball. That's what I like to do and have fun. But because of that, when these children are rescued through Compassion's work, they get to go to school maybe for the first time at the age of eight or seven. So they're going to be way behind. It's the first time they've ever been to school. So what we do, we allow one grace year. So we know that a lot of these children are going to be held behind one year just to get caught up. But what you'll find is so true. You can look at the history books. You can look at scripture. You can whatever you want to look at. But so many times the have nots When they finally have, they're the ones that change the world. They're so thankful for it. They're the overachievers. So many people right now that are listening to this, their story 
is not what you would think it would be that are leading companies, that are leading ministries, that are coaching teams in such a strong, passionate way that have so much energy. The glass isn't half full. I'm wired like this. The glass isn't half full. It's all the way full. It's got water in half of it and oxygen in the other half, right? So that's their mindset because they know what it's like to not have. So what we have found is these children catch up really quickly, and they usually become some of the brightest kids in school, the ones that wanted to go to school so bad, and now they get to go. They really appreciate it more. The age limit, you come out of the program whenever you finish high school. That could be age 18, 19, 20, 21, but because it's to grade 14 in most countries and we give you one year, most of the time it's age 22. So they come out at 22. What people don't realize is as they're growing up, the the Compassion Projects have been working with them to find out what do you like to do? If your name's John and your name's Jill, what do you want to do? when you get out of this. We're not telling every one of them that they can be a doctor. I wish we'd quit doing that in America. Every kid can't be a doctor. I got news for you. Right. You don't like science? You might want to try something besides being a doctor then. Right. Uh, you get what I'm saying? I, I used to work in college admissions, and <laughs> 75% of the students walked in saying they're going to be doctors, and 75% of that 75% were no longer doctors after right. Biology 101. And you know what's great about that? That's okay. Absolutely. That's okay. I mean, I really believe this. My life verse is Colossians 3.23, and the Scott Limerick translation of that really is... You do everything you do like you're doing it for God, because it's he who will have your reward, not man. You don't do it for men. You do it. for. So whatever that is, whatever you find yourself doing today, I don't care what it is. I don't even like to name what we call menial labor task, like if, if you're a janitor or whatever. Rewrite how a janitor job description looks. Seriously. And that's what we do at Compassion, because what people don't realize, get a job. I've learned the secret to building wealth, honestly, is to start as early as you can, small. Let compound interest just be your friend. We're giving you a little Edward D. Jones commercial right quick, but the truth is we teach that with our kids. You don't have to be a doctor, but if you want to be a doctor and you really have God's blessed you with those skills, we're going to help you do that. And that's what you see. You'll see them. We, we're already helping them find out what their job is before they graduate. And we do vocational workshops that are compassion projects that people don't even realize. And by the way, when you hear the word project, it's always a church. So when you go see our work, for those listening to us, that maybe you do a business trip to go see what we do in case you might be interested in partnering with us in that way. Or if you're a church leader, you go see our work. It's going to blow your mind what you see. Our vocational workshops are teaching them to sew, teaching them if they're in El Salvador where chocolate is a huge industry, we teach them how to make chocolate and, and candy. Wherever you're at, I don't, I don't, coffee, we'll teach them how to, to grind and coffee, how to grow it, how to to actually be, we're not telling them you're going to come out of compassion and be the, the head of a Fortune 500 company, but you are going to work. You're going to be doing something that you're wired for, that you love to do, and God will take care of the money thing. And next thing you know, their life's totally different. They've been lifted up out of poverty, and now they go back and help others do the same thing. And when a little boy who doesn't have a dad there's no dad there. His dad didn't have a dad. His dad didn't have a dad. And you know what I mean by that when I Absolutely. say that. When he sees this guy staying now 
and he actually stays with the mother, and he actually works, and he doesn't run from the responsibility. Now he thinks he can do that, and it starts a new cycle. Don't continue the old cycle of nothingness. Start a new cycle, and that's what compassion helps them do. Well, and I think any person in business, you're looking for sustainability. You're looking Mm. for profitability. You're looking as a leader that wants to make a difference. You want to know that you're involved in something that moves the needle that you can actually see some progress being made. So as you're describing really this holistic approach that isn't just in America, imagine leaving a high school student as a high school graduate and kicking him out the door. I mean, I have a son. He is very resourceful. He would survive. He would do it. He totally would. But that's certainly not the most ideal situation. And so to hear in third world countries, in places where there have been cycles of of generational struggles, Mm -hmm. to know that really this isn't just let's get them through school and kick them out the door, you're done with the program, and I hope it all works out okay. But really, you are changing that culture and building men and women who have a holistic approach being poured into them. So that is is encouraging. And everyone listening now needs to understand something is you many times think you're the only person that's been through this or that or this and that and the truth is every person you come into contact with you have no idea what they did just to get to work that day you don't know what that lady at the grocery store has been through the guy that's just not doing so well in sales this year that's bit, that killed it last year and the year before and you're thinking about replacing him you just have no idea what he's going through there's seasons for everything and if you're in a sales business now and you're 20 percenters you know what i'm talking about by that there's 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work Everybody wants 20 percenters on their team, but we 20 percenters are not easy to lead. You had better be a good leader because we're going to think crazy and we're going to say, why don't, why don't, why can't we do that? You know what I'm saying? And so I want everybody to understand is that every person you come into contact with, I, I tell my kids this growing up, they would come home and my son, who was a great athlete and great musician, he's not perfect. I want you to know that. But he'd come home and say, hey, dad, so on and so forth. I don't think I'm going to start today. I think I've lost my starting position on the basketball team, so on and so forth. So we call it handles. He handles the ball a little bit better than I do. And I said, well, that's cool. I said, but always remember this. And my daughter would talk about how someone looked and they seem to have this and this. God never gives anyone everything. So every person is lacking something, and that's just the way God created every person you see. That guy may look like he's got it all, but he don't. That girl may look like she's got it all together. She doesn't. And we're all that way. If we would just quit putting on the mask and acting like that and just be who we really are, I think you'd see a lot of the issues that we have go away. It's just, But it's hard. It's hard to, to not put on the show. Right. Compassion helps kids understand, look. There's 250 kids in most compassion projects, which, by the way, I said earlier was a church. And when you go see our work, you won't see the word compassion. You'll see the name of that church. We want that community to know. We believe that God's plan to reach the world is his church. Mm. I get it. The church has got some issues. It really does. And you know what? The church will always have issues because me and you are in it. Absolutely. So if you find a perfect church, they won't let me in because I am far from perfect. (laughs) And so because as long as imperfect people are in church, 
churches are going to have issues. It's just the way it is. But the church is alive and well. I want you to hear that. You may have been hurt at a church in your community. I get that. Find a different church. That's cool. Don't find a church that's perfect. You won't find that. But I'm telling you, the church is alive. We believe that that's God's plan A to reach the world is the church. And if the church... Just to pick on the church a little now, I told you they're alive and well. If the church would just do our job, and by that, because I'm, I'm a part of the church, we wouldn't have the issues we have. That I really do believe that. I tell people all the time that the people in the church do more damage to the cause of Christ than the people out of the church. And that's a, really a sad thing. But you had asked earlier about the principles, the leadership principles, and how we may have changed. What's changed at Compassion over the years is the way we do things. We have, we always are trying to improve our processes. What has not changed at all is we truly do believe that all of our problems start spiritually. We really believe that. And that's still there. And we also believe that sometimes helping can hurt. And you've got to be careful that your helping doesn't become enablement. So I'm talking to a lot of single moms right now that probably are like, you don't understand. I don't have a dad here to to do this, and I don't have that. But somehow, how single moms do what they do, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, that's completely a God thing. But someone has got to step in and fill that leadership void. And if you're in a single mom, single parent, single dad situation, you can do it. You really can do it, or God wouldn't allow that to happen in your situation. But step in somehow and be that leader and quit enabling your child. You're creating a monster later. You really are. Compassion has always believed that. That's not changed in 65 years, Mm. and that's why it keeps working. I really hope that as business leaders, as, as they're listening to this, I know recently we did a podcast with a gentleman that helps run Life Shape, and they are a part of Chick-fil-A where they take mm. actually their employees, their marketplace employees, over internationally to make a difference in different projects. Wow. And so this whole idea, if you are a secular business leader but want to give your employees a vision for the world, a way to make a difference, a way to know that they can collectively be a part of helping another part of the world, I really hope that they would consider looking into just the things that you have talked about today with leadership and with the ways all across this world that you guys are making Mm. a difference, that corporations um, have opportunities to be involved with that. So, Scott, thank you so much for joining us for part two of the podcast. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and just to be reminded of the great work of Compassion. For any of our listening audience that wants more information, point them to the Compassion website. If they have questions specifically for you or want to get connected to the strategic partners, Mm -hmm. how should they do that? My email address, I'm just going to give you that. My last name is Limerick, like the little five-line poem in school. And my first name's Scott. So if you take the word slime and Rick, (laughs) that's the beginning of my email. So just slimerick at U.S., as in United States, the initials U.S. dot C.I., for CompassionInternational.org. Just shoot me an email. Tell me what you're wanting to do, and I'll point you in the right direction. You can always go to Compassion.com. We've got professional athletes that are partnering with us now. Albert Pujols uh, from the Dominican Republic built a baseball field at one of our projects. Lots of professional athletes. Because here's the thing. A lot of businesses 
to satisfy that little desire in them, they'll take part of their profits each year and make a donation with it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying you want to see your company change? Let your people be involved individually in something. Uh, We've got colleges now, not just Christian colleges, colleges that have seen our work and want their incoming freshmen, when they pay their tuition, they immediately give them a compassion child. Part of their tuition is paying that. And they will pay, I tell them, I said, you're not really paying that, that mom and dad's paying that. But after a year, they let the student decide if they want to keep doing that. But the idea is to get each person involved in something bigger than themselves. Because the truth is, no matter how much we attain in life, no matter how much wealth we think we have, we all know we're not taking any of that with us. And so are you going to leave money for your kids to argue over, or are you going to leave a legacy that you did something with the success that God gave you? And that's what we can help you do. Well, for more information, go to Compassion.com. And if you want information on leadership and leadership development resources, go to LeadLikeJesus.com, and we'll see you next time.